Hello and welcome to the Meg Method podcast. My name is Meg Walker and I help people find a better connection to themselves through fitness, mindfulness and breath work. I've helped coach thousands of people over the years and the aim of this podcast is to help you to improve your mindset, empower you with actionable advice so you can take ownership over your health and to educate you on the many different aspects of health from fitness to behavioral change. If you want to work with me, you can learn more about my coaching at themegmethod.com. Thank you for listening and welcome to the podcast. You are just who we were missing. Hello, welcome to the Meg Method podcast and we are here with a Chicago Marathon special. I am joined by the legend, David Yim. How are you doing, Yimmy? Yeah, all good. All really good, really positive. I'm actually wearing my Chicago Marathon t-shirt. Oh, look at you go. Just to be on brand here. I may as well. It's only the second time I've actually worn this t-shirt. I'll explain why a bit later. <laughs> but all good. <laughs> Can't wait to hear it. And good to be back. Yeah, thank you so much, everyone, for all the amazing feedback from the Berlin episode, from the London episode. If you're new here, both Yimmy and I have accumulated some world major marathon stars mr david yim has done all six so he's going to be giving his expertise on all six of the races i have done four of them all except tokyo and boston but between us we are going to be covering all six major marathons and these episodes we just want them to be kind of guides really in the sense of what we would have really loved to have heard when we were doing the marathon so part of that's just going to be some funny tidbits and funny stories our experiences we we enjoy hearing those other people's experiences and what they took from the race because it's always different we welcome lots of different perspectives for example with berlin me and yumi had a completely different perspective of that race and that's important uh, we want you to have your own race go at your own pace and yeah also just some really useful information that hopefully would be useful having it in your ears and not having to search everything separately and yeah hopefully it's good for you so, well, we started with the Berlin episode. We try and sum up the race in three words. And Yimmy and I now, we only started for Berlin and we both got exactly the same three words each time without discussing it. So Berlin, we said flat, fast and efficient. And Chicago, I said to Yimmy just before this episode, what did you write down? And we've written down the same thing. So what did you say, Yimmy? Flat, fast, and friendly. Yes, the three Fs. This Chicago Marathon, if there's any way to sum it up, is they they absolutely win the prize for looking after you. Hands down, in my opinion. What do you think? 100%. 100%. I think that up until I ran Boston, it was my second favorite marathon of the, of the majors that I'd run up until that point. And it was because... It was just so friendly. Yeah. And we had, we, you and I ran the whole route together. I've got really, really fond memories. Um, mm. It was just a lot of fun. And I think getting to the end of it, I was looked back. I know I got a PB that day as well. Thanks to you, Meg, because you ran all the way right next to me uh, and kept me honest. That was your work, my friend. But yeah, I think that I've got nothing but fond memories of running Chicago. And and for full disclosure, you and I have both run this course once. So really giving our first timers uh, experience of this, 
And I know a number of people who are doing it for the first time as well. So there are things that I wished I'd known. And I think that we'd love to share on this podcast. And hopefully it's a helpful resource for, for anyone running uh, Chicago for the first time. Yeah, couldn't say it about myself. And if you're going on your own, like I was, obviously, Yumi and I knew each other there, but we both travelled there separately. Honestly, the chattiest plane ride I've ever been on to. My, my flight was like a party bus. It was amazing. Everyone was so chatty, so friendly. Pretty much everyone there was going to Chicago for the marathon or to support people. Uh, there was quite long queues, actually, at the airport, but even that, people were super friendly, really helpful. The expo we'll go into, that was... <laughs> I had a great day at that expo. <laughs> Off the charts. Yeah. Off the charts. Off the charts, the expo. We'll cover that as well. And yeah, they just really looked after you. So we'll go into that. And of course, it is the place of deep dish pizza. I have to commend Yimmy here. Yimmy was, he appointed himself the restaurant chooser, connoisseur, whatever you want to say. And he absolutely smashed out of the park. Every single place we went to was amazing. Like he was like, we're going to the best places. And we did. And you actually thought of some really good advice for this, Jimmy, which I agree with in regards to the restaurants. Yeah, I think I think Chicago, you'll find there's plenty of places to eat, but it does, places do get booked up really, really quickly. So the night before, especially, make a reservation. You remember the place we went to, Meg, and I know our friend Gary was with us as well. And it was every single seat was taken. Do your searches beforehand. I know I had the additional requirement from you about gluten-free. The fact that we found a gluten-free deep dish pizza in the home of deep dish pizza was just... I think that was much as much making you happy with that was as much of an achievement as running the marathon. Uh, yeah, I literally I almost cried. Jimmy was like, OK, calm down. But like, yeah, for him to be so thoughtful and find somewhere that I could actually I like, I thought that was an impossible request that to find a deep dish gluten free pizza. I thought it was impossible. And Yimmy found it and it was amazing. You could have normal pizza there as well. So we'll put that in the show notes because we're trying to remember what it was. We'll put that in the show notes. Uh, That's for everyone. It's not just for gluten-free, but if you're gluten-free, I'm going to make your day. (laughs) Slash Yimmy will make your day because it was Yimmy's idea. And yeah, it's amazing. And there's plenty of places in town as well that have Italian restaurants will do gluten-free pasta. So if you've got dietary requirements, you know, remember nothing new uh, on race day and nothing new and ex- and and exotic in your build up for the race as well you don't want an upset tummy people are traveling from all over the world to go there and you know it wasn't local to us you had to adjust to the cuisine but you'll find plenty of like italian places that do pasta etc and and a lot of them will now i think the americans are more on it in terms of food requirements and yeah, definitely than anywhere else. And and I think that if anyone's got any specific dietary requirements, you'll be able to find something. Just do your research before you go and make sure that you book the night before because it does get busy. Absolutely. So we're going to take you through the race, literally from expo to the finish line. And what we'll do for you is we're going to give, it's going to be a half and half of like our experience last year. And then we'll also give you a little bit of up-to-date information as well. So the Chicago Marathon this year is the 8th of October on the Sunday and the expo is called the Abbott Health and Fitness Expo and there's over 100 exhibitors this year. It really is an incredible expo. Uh, It goes across the three days. So Thursday the 5th, that's 11am to 6am, 6pm, sorry, Friday the 6th, 9am to 6pm and Saturday the 7th, 9am to 6pm. 
So across three days, it's free and open to the public. So you can have your family and friends come with you. And it's at Chicago's McCormick Place Lakeside Centre. The recommendation would be if you're going to get dropped off there, have a look at the expo page on the Marathon website because that actually gives you a really precise address that's better. I think if you Google it, it gives you a slightly different one. It won't go too badly, but that the one on the website is more specific. What is new this year to the 2023 expo is there actually is parking available. So if you are driving you can park. They're suggesting to go in parking lot C, which we actually get it for $12 instead of the 25. So I'd suggest getting there early because that's probably going to be a very popular car park, but it's a good one. I'm glad you mentioned the transport, Meg, because the one thing that I did not appreciate about Chicago, and I take it for granted because, you know, we live in London and London's got one of the best public transportation systems People might not believe it who live here, but it is fairly regular. It's fairly frequent. It's fairly reliable, apart from when there are strikes. But one thing I really noted, and I don't know if you remember us talking to the cab driver about it, you know, know, Chicago's transportation system isn't the best. And you find that you actually spend more time waiting for the trains because they're infrequent and the complexity of the actual network itself. I mean, I'm fairly clued up on lots of different cities, public transportation systems, having been to New York, Berlin, all these different cities, and even Tokyo, which has got the most complex system, but very, very easy to navigate. Even I couldn't quite work out which platform I needed to be on. And my my advice is, you know, it can take you a good half an hour to get to the expo from, say, downtown. So we, I was staying at the Magnificent Mile sort of area, which is north of the river. But even if you're staying in that sort of downtown area near the what's called the Loop, mm-hmm. which is the central area near where the start line is, it can take a good 30, 35 minutes to get there by train. My advice is the easiest way to get there is stand in your hotel lobby, right, looking like you're a marathon runner. And it's dead easy because you're looking like you're wearing old, you know, marathon shoes. I thought you were going to suggest running on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can spot the runners a mile away in the airport and you can spot them a mile away in your your hotel lobby. It is so friendly that just ask other people, are you going to the expo? And if they are, book an Uber and just get an Uber. Because remember that the, when we went together on the Saturday, we got the we got a taxi back because it was just so much easier. And because there was four of us, it was like 25 bucks or something. So splitting the cost between us, it came to nothing. Yeah. And it was just such an easier way to get out. And getting out is even easier because you walk out and there's a taxi rank right outside that convention center and it just makes life so much easier so so make some friends be sociable you know meet up with some other runners who are all going to the same place and just get a cab down there it's so much easier than getting the public transport but hey if you want to go and use the public transport then by all means do that it was just really really complicated so uber or taxi definitely easier options Yeah, I completely agree with that. And if you are stuck and you do need to take the trains, I'd wholeheartedly encourage you to go on the expo part of the website because, again, they've got a guide that literally is a guide telling you what routes to take on the train, how long it takes, where to get them. So that's just going to save you so much Googling. 
and actually give you clear instructions. Because yeah. like Yuni yeah. says, it is slightly hard to navigate. If you do do that as well, there is a meta train Saturday or Sunday day, Sunday pass, a Sunday day. Um, and that is unlimited rides for $7 a day or for $10 via the Venture app, you can get a whole weekend. So we're not sponsored for any of these things. It's just, again, we know these things can add up. You're going all over the world for marathons and they can get confusing. So hopefully that helps you. Now, the expo itself, the official merchandise is Nike. Lots of it. <laughs> and yeah, good kit. It's the quality you would expect from Nike. Although I think you're going to suggest like you the new balance, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so you know I love the merch, right? And yeah. and the one thing about <laughs> the one thing about the, the Chicago Marathon Expo is you get there as you would expect. I'll talk about the packet pickup in a minute, uh, but you walk into the main center and straight away you've got the Nike stand, and and the best thing is they've got people standing there with those those cowbells ringing the cowbells. You'll be hearing. I They'll be ringing in your ears all weekend and they give them away for free as well, which is really, really cool. You have to buy them in other places, but they give those away. And I actually found that the merch quality is because Nike only sponsor one of the big six. I didn't find it. I mean, I'm wearing the finisher shirt now. Like I said, it's the, only the second time I've worn it. It's pretty thin. It's dry fit, but it's quite flimsy and it's not a particularly flattering design. And I actually liked the shirt, the event shirt. So there are two shirts yeah. and there are lots of these marathons are going that way now. Mm -hmm. They give you an event shirt and that event shirt you get for free. This year, last year, sorry, it was a black one. It was really nice actually. And you'll remember I wore it as an undershirt and I ended up throwing it away on the course, yeah. which I regret now because it was actually a really nice shirt. The finisher shirt you actually have to buy and it's this orange one this year. Like I said, it's not the best qualities i've had other nike stuff which has been better and the designs weren't that inspiring either but you can get all of the merch at the chicago yeah. expo but you can also go to the nike store and they sell different they actually had different stuff at the nike store when we went there last year the whole of the first floor was dedicated to to the marathon uh, merchandise and they had like some jackets there wasn't an official jacket but there was a running jacket which was branded and a few sort of Chicago Marathon T-shirts. So you can get the stuff at the expo itself. But if they run out of sizes there, you can go to the Nike store on the Magnificent Mile and, and get it from there as well. Yeah, good advice. I think one, like it's in terms of the material, like it's not going to be the greatest quality. However, the fact that it's so thin, it's a nice shirt when it's like particularly hot and when you're going on those hot runs, it's that thin, it's like a nice thin one. Yeah. So I'd give them like thumbs up for that part of it. Um, and like you said, actually, if you go to the official Nike store, there's some, they're not officially Chicago Marathon, but a few nicer designs there as well don't bring large bags or luggage that's pretty standard for the expos to be honest but they're particularly strict on that yeah in america and also you do get security screened going through as well at the start of the race so let's talk about packet pickup yeah sure i thought this was very efficient it was one of the easiest ones i mean yeah. you you walk through this you walk into the convention center you go up the escalators and then this is like long sort of like bridge and it's very exciting. Your excitement builds because you see the sign that says, welcome to the Abbott's Health Expo. 
And the first thing you see is a row of airport-style security desks, right? So you have to go through the airport scanner-style scanners and you have your bags checked and stuff. But it's really, really easy. It looks really, really packed, but it's really easy. From there, you then walk down a bit and you you go to a like a desk where there's almost like a host and the person stood there with their iPad. Yeah. And that's where they check your joining instructions and i.e. your email with your QR code. And you also, they check for your ID. And then, quite quite funny, then they sort of alert the desk. They have a number of desks. And unlike like places like London and Berlin where they print your bibs, they actually have envelopes with your name on at specific desks. Yeah. But what makes it really easy is they say, right, you're at desk number 87. And you make your way, because it's all allocated, there's no long queues. And it's really, really efficient. And you get there. And I don't know if you remember. As you approach them, they know you're coming. So they go, hey, David, <laughs> hey, Meg. They actually call out your name as you get to the desk. And you think, what a nice touch. They knew I was coming. Of course they do, because I've just registered, right? <laughs> no, um, I got that novelty. I was like so impressed, so awesome, but also so concerned. I was like looking around me. I was like, how do you know this? And then you're like, oh, I literally just told the person before. But it's a really nice touch. And I'd say the quickest out of all of the ones I've done. Yeah, really, really efficient, really friendly. And in that bag, you'll get the bag. And in the bag, there's another bag, um, which is odd. And then you've got to walk into the expo to go and collect your shirt. Yeah. And that's the last year was right at the end of the horse. You had to walk through all the other stuff, which we'll talk about in a moment. But what I was also very impressed with, and you'll remember, you tried on the various different shirts for fits. Yeah. They were so accommodating. So they gave you your medium-sized shirt, say. You could try it on. Yeah. And if you didn't like it, you took it off and you took it back to the desk and they just exchanged it for you. So friendly. Yeah. Usually it's like, nope, that's your one. You're done or you're waiting in a massive queue to get it fixed. It was so easy. Literally scrolled straight up to the booth. Had so many people. Yeah. Uh, let me try it on. Then you hand it to the colleagues who's like repacking it and then you can get the other one. Um, just while we're on the topic of the packet pickup, as Yumi mentioned, you have to have that packet pickup email and you have to have your photo ID. But also if you have entered the Chicago Abbott 5K that takes place on the Saturday, the 7th, that starts at 7.30, the official corrals, 7.25 for the wheelchairs. Um, you pick up the packet for that as well. And even though it's a 5K, it's different from Berlin of like, it's a proper event. Like, And you get a very nice bobble hat. Yeah, America goes big on the medals. So you get a proper chunky medal. And we were both sad, actually. We, we kind of missed the boat on that one. It does get booked up early. So if you're seeing this, uh, it should be a few weeks before the marathon. Have a look to see if there's places still open. If you fancy it, I'd give it a go. We had a little bit of FOMO, actually. There were so many people doing it on the Saturday. It's a really nice, you get to see a bit of the route, Yeah. Um, nice little commemorative items to go with it, and you pick all the stuff up at the... Yeah, it's just like Boston in that way. Yeah. If anyone's run Boston, you there is a, a limited space 5K it's very international. I know this because I bumped into a load of people wearing their bobble hats while I was out on my own shakeout run on Saturday morning. But you could see there's lots of people from, from Latin America creating their... I bumped into a bunch of Colombians and they were making such a massive noise. You could see, you could tell because they were all wearing their bobble hats, but yeah. they were also had the their fancy runner's footwear on as well. And at one stage, I was I was stood at a, a crossing 
and I could I looked down and I and I just totted up quickly and I said, "Good grief! There's like two and a half thousand dollars worth of, of value of shoes here, brand new running shoes on brand new rubber on this pavement." Uh, but yeah, your top tip is yeah, book in advance. That's a really good tip, Meg, to avoid disappointment around that. But yes, you do have to pick up an extra packet as well. Same as for anyone who's done done Boston. It's the same sort of deal. Yeah, and just as efficient. And also, uh, if you've got a relative or a loved one coming with you, that's a nice thing for them maybe to do the day before. It allows them to do something and get involved with a little bit of the excitement. So the expo itself. Now, honestly, the most generous expo I have ever been to it was the weirdest setup in like each expo has its kind of own like feeling and vibe. Most of them, if you're lucky, you might get the odd sample and the encouragement is to buy the whole thing. There's some expos, they won't do any samples at all. It's purely just buy. <laughs> Chicago, I couldn't give them my money if I tried no. and they were but also it was such a clever marketing tactic because if you really like the product you really did have to go out your way to get it there was the a like porridge sponsor so oatmeal for Americans they were giving it was like almost like an oatmeal like in the shape of a yogurt giving away full tubs of those and giving like just putting multiple in your hands they were giving away energy gels giving away flapjacks they were giving away yeah. protein bars but literally we went to this protein bar stand they were giving the entire box of protein bars and i got handed about six boxes yeah you you, you <laughs> i have never seen the like of it i i really like the electrolyte drink yeah and i drank that the day before and they they weren't actually selling it no so so you had to go to a Whole Foods or something to then go and buy it. And they told you where you could buy it in town. But I tried it and and I actually thought that was a really, really good electrolyte drink. But the thing that blew me away was the number of, I mean, you must still have energy bars <laughs> left over from the Chicago Marathon. Like people have got toilet rolls left over from COVID where they hoarded them. <laughs> Your bag and I will say this about the bag. The, the bag that you get is actually quite flimsy yeah. compared to the other. And it's a little bit smaller than the, the New York one and the, and, the, and the London and the Boston bags. It's a little bit smaller, but you literally had the whole thing packed full of protein bars. They, they were giving so many of these things away. And they, it's not like other expos where they see they've given you one sample. They won't give you another one. They were literally just saying, take another one, take another one, take another one. This woman gave me six boxes. I actually had so much stuff in the expo, it broke my bag. And then I also was at the hostel, I was giving them out to people. Like I was like, here, take this stuff, because it was more than I could handle. Um, but I, we absolutely appreciated the generosity. Uh, they had that muscle milk as well. And we were like, amazing, yeah. Let, we'll buy one. And they were like, oh, actually, you can't buy it. Like You have to go to another store. So super, super generous. Don't know if they'll be like that this year but last year that really blew us away and we felt very very looked after certainly was the case and i think that the other thing that i really liked about the expo gatorade are there yeah and gatorade are the sort of drink sponsor yeah. um and they give out gatorade on the course we'll talk about the aid stations a bit later but if if you're i'd never tried i hadn't drunk gatorade for years and i didn't know whether i was going to like the taste of it or whatever 
and they had like a whole table of samples of the different flavors. They had the lemon and lime one, which is the one they gave out in Chicago and in New York, yeah. which is their performance Gatorade, which was really, really nice. And they were also giving away their, their little packets of Gatorade electrolytes that you put in the yeah. water as well. So that was quite nice too. But certainly loads of freebies, lots of opportunity. Do try the Gatorade, particularly if you're a UK runner and you've run London, for example, and they give out Lucasade. It's their equivalent of Lucasade, but one, it's not half as sweet yeah. um, as, as, as Lucasade. And it's very, very palatable, but definitely go out and check out the Gatorade stand. The, the other thing that I would say is that it's almost, again, I'm guessing here that because nike only do the the apparel sponsor for one of the majors it's it's almost like they don't put as much effort or restriction effort into it or as much restrictions on other brands yeah and i remember being quite impressed that you know it was the first time i'd seen brooks at a at an expo you never see brooks at any expos um yeah. apart from one other where they weren't actually selling the shoes which was a big big like, you know, really, what are you doing? Uh, but Coros were there, Ufos were there, Socony were there, Ultra were there, Asics were there, New Balance were there. The only brand I didn't see, major brand I didn't see, was 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 Adidas. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's because there's a local um, clothing company called um, Fleet Feet. Mm-hmm. They turn up and they bring the other the other brands with them. So again you had like people sitting in those like those massage those um recovery boots they were great. and if you remember you we went and saw those those physios who who gave us some oh, yeah. it was like infrared treatment on sore muscles and stuff it i mean everyone was literally falling over themselves to help out but also the the fact that the other brands were there made it really really um you know, the other brands were very, very accessible there, which is something that you don't see at many other uh, of the majors. Yeah, there was over 100 exhibitors. And as I said, super generous to the point, like they weren't actually selling you anything, even if you wanted to, for a lot of them. And I thought it was a really yeah. nice touch. To add to the Gatorade, that is one of the official sponsors. They also give out a um, an endurance energy gel on the course. So that's a 30... MG caffeinated one. I believe that's strawberry this year. And then there's a non-caffeinated one and there's a mango or vanilla. So if you want to try that out before you go, um, we would recommend that. But yeah. And they're at miles 10 and 14 on the course on on race day. They do come a bit late and it's a bit like London really, where it comes quite late on in the course, actually earlier than London. Gatorade gels at 10 and 14 as as we've discussed previously, you know, nutrition tactics and strategy is really, really important. And I'd always advise you take your own because these do come quite late in the day. Unless you've practiced with Gatorade gels, then I'd always suggest you you're not you not you don't want to wait till mile ten to take your your first gel. So certainly make your own arrangements and make sure that you've got your fueling strategy right. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And or if you're doing New York afterwards, we both did um, Chicago and New York last year very close together. Then like <laughs> get your Gatorade gels then and then use them as practice for yeah. New York. Uh, so yeah, Expo, best Expo by far out of all the six for me. Yeah. Couldn't have been happy with it. So generous. 
really efficient, really, really well done. So shall we talk about the race itself, Yumi? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like Berlin, when we talked about last time, it's flat and it's fast. And it's also the second loop race in the six. It starts and finishes in Grant Park in exactly the same place. Um, I would say, the first thing I would say about it, it is an early start. Mm-hmm. So it's a, the first wave goes at 7.30 and the last wave goes at 8.35. And in that time, they shuffle everyone through. It's so efficient. And you see, there are what's great about the arrangements on race date, you have different gates to go through, which basically go all the way along the length of the park. So there's no congestion where everyone's bottlenecking to get into the same place. You go to a specific gate and you look that gate up. It's in the actual, um, according to the the runner's guide, they tell you which gate to go to, go to that gate. There is a small security check as you get there. But the important thing is it's a 7.30 start, which means that you're aiming, if you're in one of the first corrals, as they call them, you need to be there around 6.30 at the latest, really. I remember us getting there about 7.30 because we had a we were in one of the last waves. There is a security check at the front. The other thing I would say is just work out what your breakfast strategy is going to be on the day. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because, I mean, I stayed in a hotel, one of the big chain hotels, and their breakfast didn't start till 7 on Sundays. which is just way too late if you need to get into your corral by, you know, you need to be in Grant Park by seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, So depending on where you're staying and you don't want to be wolfing down your breakfast and then getting, getting there and still having not digested your breakfast. My top tip is, is actually Dunkin' Donuts. Mm -hmm. There are a number of branches open that open 24 hours and you can go in there, you can get toast, you can get, you know, croissants and stuff and i just remember picking mine up first thing in the morning at 5 30 in the morning when i got up got my breakfast ate it in my hotel and then set off to go to the start line so so do bear in mind work out what your your breakfast strategy is going to be like because a lot of hotels won't cater for that yeah and if you double check you can save yourself as well for example i was in a hostel and mine they pretty much everyone there because i was right near the start line were there for it so they did a whole breakfast so just check beforehand yeah and that way you can just like yumi said have a proper strategy in place absolutely and the, the other thing is and, and it's my strategy that i employ on every major that i've run now is it is it can be really chilly at the start in october at seven o'clock in the morning. And the one thing that the Chicago does really, really well is they just recycle and all the majors do this, but they have big recycling bins when people take their clothes, they take them off, they keep warm in the start pen and then they throw them into the recycle bins. If you're in one of the later starts, just go and raid the charity bins. And there's no shame in my game. And Meg, you know, I know you followed suit on this one. There really isn't. So Yimmy taught me this. So we met up with a lovely lady called Sophie. She was staying in my hostel. She became my friend. And yeah, we we realized it's quite chilly. The race itself, we're actually in a heat wave. It's a very warm race. We'll talk about that. But the start, because you've got those big buildings, was a little chilly. We made a bit of a rookie mistake in not having 
we just thought because it was hot, it'd be fine. It was a chill. And then Yumi said, do not worry, leads us over to the side. And some people had already discarded their jacket. We looked like the three studios. <laughs> I think we had, Yumi had some women's um, jacket, Adidas jacket. track jacket on. I had some guy's coat. We Yeah, we definitely looked a sight to behold, but we were toasty warm for the start of the race. So genius tip. I think there was still body heat from those clothes as we... <laughs> Jimmy took it off a woman's body. No, <laughs> he absolutely didn't. Definitely a joke. <laughs> but that, I mean, I, I do that in London as well now. I, t- I actually take my nice like jacket that I want to wear after the event because I was trying, you know, no matter what weather it is, I was unprepared. But I took mine off and then I put this recycled jacket on and wore that to the start. And I think, that's the only other thing I would say about the start line in Chicago because it is can be quite cold and it was cold at the start. Um, it was like seven or eight degrees when we started. As you get into the final pen, you could see the railings on each side. There's just loads of clothes piled up on the railings and it's a very, very last minute, take it off, mm-hmm. throw it into, hang it on the railings. They, they have people coming along to take it away or throw it in one of the bins but the other thing I would say is at the start, particularly for the first three miles or so, the one thing that's the biggest hazard is probably debris. Yeah, I do. People taking off clothing and just leaving it on the ground. I would just say, please just be considerate. Take it to the side and throw it to the side. But people were just dropping clothes in the middle of the of the um, of the course. And I remember there were jackets, there were jumpers, there were like gloves, etc. All just cast to one side. Do watch out for that as you run, as you start the um, the race. But the build up in the pen is really, really good fun. Um, yeah, good music, good atmosphere. Yeah, do you want to do you want to talk about that 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 atmosphere in the in that start pen? Yeah, so in terms of getting in, first of all, uh, really efficient to get you in there. You need your race bib on. It needs to be attached by four pins on the front. Luckily, you don't have to have a tag for this one. And you will get screened again. So don't bring any big bags or anything like that. And your bag, you pick it up where you left it off, which is always nice. Yeah. Um, that was a really good atmosphere, especially when you're standing next to Yimmy. He was getting the crowd going. There was lots of laughs. And there was just really good banter and general cheer. Like, um, it was a very short queue to get in. It looked like it's big when we came around the corner, but they get you through very quickly. And they are going from your colour. So you have a starting colour. I believe that's blue, red or orange on your bib. That's going to direct you like where you're going. And then your corral will be based on a number going through. You can also, the Marathon app's very helpful with that as well. That's just to let you know before I forget and you can stream the actual race if you've got people at home from that they can live broadcast that and I believe Roku and Apple TV play that so that's just something good to know but the atmosphere is fantastic lots of toilets at the start as well you go through it's a really big wide space as well in that starting bit and yeah they had lots of music playing big sound system I wouldn't quite say the exact same level as Berlin Berlin really plays some good deliberate songs to get you all dancing together but still good music like good use of the sound system and getting people hyped up yeah the other thing I would say is I think there's a restriction on 
taking bottles of liquid into the start area. So if you're like me, if you are a Tailwind user, okay, two things. One is remember it's a US race. You cannot wear a hydration vest. So there's no backpacks. So I used the bottle belt and I took my Tailwind in the soft flask with the powder in the soft flasks, but no water in them. And then you get through to the side and there are actually just trucks with water on and you just get bottles of water. You can mix it when you get into the start pen. So there are two things to remember. Mix your your fluids inside the the secure area. There's plenty of water there to, to, for you to do that. And the other thing is no hydration vessel backpacks. Yeah, so no hydration vessel backpacks. They try and get you limited as much as you take in as possible. Like I said, there's a screening. And again, that's where they really look after you. There was a lot of toilets. There's still expected queues, but loads of areas to get drinks. I didn't even realise, because obviously neither Yimmy or I was using it, but there's even like lactation stations for breastfeeding mothers where you can go private or semi-private, feed your baby beforehand. Um, I thought that, again, incredible. Not a lot of races think of that stuff. And uh, But something to be aware of, you cannot have friends or family in the starting or finish area. So again, plan where you're going to meet them. Yeah. But yeah, it was an excellent atmosphere, really well organized. The race itself then, if we get into that, it's a six hour, 30 minute time limit. Yes. So yes. you would approximately want to be doing a 15 minute per mile pace at the max for that. There are three waves, one, two, and three. So red is one, blue is two, Orange is three. And like Yimmy said, it will start from 7.30, finishing at 8.35 across the line. And they are very quick and to that. And the spectator access to Grant Park starts from 9.30. So that's a good place to meet your friends and family at the end. Yeah. In terms of pacing, um, loads of paces. Even I went and checked this year because I was like, I'm sure there was loads of paces last year. Tons. So from three hours, it's literally every five minute, there's a group of paces up until four hours. Again, it's a big race. They want, and it's a flat race. They really want to help you get a good time. So they've really invested in the paces. From four hours, it's then every 10 minutes up until five hours. And then five hours, there's three more groups every 15 minutes till 5.45, the paces end. 15 minutes, yeah. Uh, timing chip that's every 5k and then there's the big one at the half and the big one at the end and do you want to talk about aid stations potentially if you've got any notes there yeah the 28 stations the first one's just before mile two before you get to halfway it's about every one and a half miles and then after halfway it's every mile or so and the aid stations of all of the majors, I think they're the most well signposted. You could just see them so far away. Both sides. And you could see one side, it would uh, it will either say water on one side, Gatorade on the other. Because remember, we zigzagged a couple of times <laughs> when we wanted both. But really, really well signposted, really long as well. So there was plenty of, you know, there was... Our advice is always don't go to the first table, run along a bit, don't panic. There's plenty. And there was plenty of water and there's Gatorade and water at every single aid station. The the other thing is the toilets at every single aid station as well. Yeah. So that was really, really helpful. The gels we mentioned before at miles uh, 10 and 14, 
And then also uh, stations 15 to 18 also offer bananas as well. And if you remember, they were they were kind of peeled open and you could just, yeah. it, it was so it was just so easy to do. They, yeah, just looked after you so much. Absolutely. Again, looking after runners, again, that whole sort of friendly atmosphere. And the other one is at mile 21, there's this, um, this is BioFreeze yeah. Centre. Now, if you've not used BioFreeze before, it's a bit like, um that that deep heat stuff mm-hmm. but it's cold yeah and and there's this really strong sort of eucalyptusy sort of smell <laughs> and you can smell the biofree center before you even get there and, yeah, and it's it, like a mild 20 wall like absolutely this is like whoa hang on a minute i'm getting i'm getting high smelling this stuff uh, and 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 it actually as i ran through you could see there was almost like a pit stop there was a pit lane yeah and you ran through the pit lane and there was like a big biofreeze tent and there were literally people being sprayed from head to foot with this stuff. Like the Grand Prix, wasn't it? It was. It, it was it was it was like the, the pit lane and a Grand Prix, and people would run in there, get absolutely blasted with this biofreeze. Yeah. And for the rest of us poor souls running running past it, you, your eyes were burning from this stuff. So so if you are struggling a little bit, unlike Berlin, there's no massage stations. No. But they do hit it heavy with the biofreeze. Yeah. With the biofreeze. Yeah. They uh, it's I don't know, it might be a secret blessing at mile 21, because you're definitely distracted, even if you have it or not. As I say, you're walking, you're going through almost high. And yeah, in terms of how would you describe the race itself, Yumi? Okay, so I, 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 as you know, I do my course videos, and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and the great thing about that is you can just remember so much of the course. I mean, the first few miles, you you start off, and there's this really, really wide road, massive, and 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 it's it's just so wide, and you go underneath the highway, and and you can see all the runners all excited and stuff. Again, don't get too excited off the start. The road's really, really wide, so you feel like you've got lots of space. And I didn't feel there's a bit like some places a bit later on where there was a little bit of congestion, but at, yeah. certainly at the start, it's not a problem at all. The road is so wide. Rare, actually, for a start. It is really, really rare. Um, as you're running through the first part of the course, you are going through like the downtown area, and there's lots of really tall buildings, which is really, really cool. Um, I'd say the thing to look out for, apart from the discarded clothing, and Meg, you did a sterling job of pointing them all out to me, is the potholes and and the the manhole covers, the raised manhole covers. Like, look out for that. It is a big road, and especially if you're running towards the sides, there are the manhole covers. And Meg was great because she just ran past, and every time she saw one, she just pointed out to me, so I knew not to go and trip myself up over it. Uh, so that was my job, pothole duty. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was pretty good fun. <laughs> and I'd say a couple of other things. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about the course highlights and from, from what I can remember. Yeah. You do cross the river six times on this course. It is flat. Now, don't worry if you've run New York and you're thinking, oh, massive bridges. They are tiny bridges in comparison. Yeah. But they are sort of like steel and iron bridges they put carpet over them don't they as much as possible it's exactly what i was going to say they put the carpets down and when we ran it it was only on one side so try and stay on the carpet particularly if it if it's if it rains that metal can become quite slippy and it can be a bit worrisome to actually put your feet on a surface which is 
it's like running on cobbles in a way. Yeah. But they do lay down the carpets to stay on the carpet, use the mats. And when you get to the last uh, one, the last time you cross the river, I think it's at mile 21, it, it feels like quite a long way. <laughs> but do, just just make sure you stay on, on those mats and it will feel like it's a massive incline. It's only because you're at mile 21 of a marathon, not because it's a particularly big incline. The course itself is is fairly flat. So you weave your way around the downtown at the beginning. And at that sort of mile five to 10, you start to come into Lincoln Park and you get that lake view. And, it, and it's it's just really, really pretty there. Mm-hmm. I just remember running into, there was a, like a sharp right turn and then there was a left turn and you kind of run through this park area. Yeah, it's beautiful. The, the crowd was less there. You get a bit of the crowd at the beginning. When you get to Lincoln Park and you run past the lake on your right-hand side, it's like a beautiful long stretch and you just get a bit of nature. And I love this about the the Chicago course, the variety that you get. And although the crowd wasn't wasn't as busy in miles 5 to 10, you did get that change in, change in scenery, which kept things interesting. Then you get mile 11 to, to 17, you go through all of these different neighbourhoods and they all have their different feel. Which I love, quite London in that respect. It's amazing. And, and I remember Old Town. We ran through Old Town and you get these really nice brownstone brick buildings. And that's where I actually chucked my shirt because... You know, I wore it as an undershirt and it got really, really warm really quickly. It was like 19, 20 degrees by the time we got halfway into the race. So it was getting pretty warm. So you go through Old Town, there's Greek Town, there's Little Italy that you run through as well. Chinatown. And they all bring their own vibe. Mm-hmm. And the crowd, when you get into these towns, you can tell because the crowd suddenly gets really lively. It's almost like the neighborhood comes out. And they hand you out stuff. A bit later on, you get to Pilsen, which is the big Hispanic area. Mm-hmm. And I remember two, three things being offered there. One, little cups of beer. Yeah. One, tequila shots. Yeah. And the other one was tacos. I mean, why you'd stop for a taco halfway through a marathon? I don't know. I mean, it's not part of your nutrition strategy. No. But but again, but that just highlights that variation in the actual course itself and running through those neighbourhoods. And the music, do you remember the music online as, on, on the course as well? Oh, it's so good. There were so many different types. I will also say Chicago also wins for most dogs spectating yeah. that course. There were so many dogs, dogs with signs that apparently they had written themselves which blew me away, <laughs> for hugs. And like, yeah, I remember Sophie, our friend we met, had like sat down and had a full-on hug. I met her at the hostel afterwards and I was like, how was your race? She was like, amazing. I hugged a dog for about five minutes. And I thought she was joking. And then out came the video of the whole experience. So, so many dogs around course. And yeah, the music was amazing, especially Chinatown. Yeah. Chinatown was a funny experience because they had like full-on costumes with dragons, the oriental dragons. Yimmy ran up like so excited for the vlog to take a video just as the woman took the costume off and finished. We were so sad. But yeah, the music was amazing. Lots of different bands changed up in the different neighbourhoods and yeah, really was a vibe. Didn't you see me style it out when (laughs) when the lady took that costume off? And I was like, oh, I really planned this. Yeah, that wasn't so good. Ran Um, all the way to the other side of the road. But you did style it out like a pro. You were just like, as if like, you know, pointing out the spectators, good to be here. (laughs) No one else would have known. 
<laughs> that was really good fun. I think halfway, the halfway point, you cross the river. And the one thing I would say is that crowd, that's like a halfway crowd. I'd liken it to that's probably where the crowd was 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 one of the strongest mm-hmm. one of the, one of the biggest loudest parts of the course from a crowd perspective yeah. when you run across that river I remember us having our photos taken with the gantry camera overhead and the crowd were really really big and it's just like Tower Bridge in London it's just like First Avenue in New York yeah um just Make sure you just don't get too carried away. I mean, I always get excited when a crowd really rile me up. Just try not to get too overexcited there as you cross the river and the crowd support is there. You do get your name called out. Definitely worth getting your name on your top. More than Berlin, less than London, I'd say, yeah. in terms of in terms of getting your name called out. I but the, the other thing to point out was the camaraderie amongst the runners is great. great. Really, really good. My my acid test of this is always how many times I get photo bombed while I'm videoing the the video log. And, you know, people just come and say hi and you end up chatting to people. How's it going? Where you're from? You know, how's your race? How's your training going? You can always strike up a conversation on the course. And so, so super, super friendly. Yeah, I'd say close to London in terms of camaraderie on the course. Um, but overall, like up there as the top, potentially, as I say, literally from the plane ride to the plane ride back, people going out their way to chat and start a conversation. So if you're going on your own, it's a great race to do. People really get around you. Yeah, 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 totally. Other things on the course, I think there's a big, around halfway, I think it is, there's a big charity stand. I think actually maybe mile 15. Yeah, there's a big charity station where all of the charities. So unlike other races like London, where the charities have lots of different stands across the course, they almost like consolidate everybody in one place. Like Charity Avenue, isn't it? Absolutely, and it's like you know a really really long stretch of just loads of tents with all the sort of charity partners. I loved it. I remember it well because I had to run behind them that was where i went to the loo (laughs) on the course and then had to catch you got a bit too excited (laughs) by charity avenue (laughs) it was it was lots of yeah it was mile fifth end of mile 15 there's a great atmosphere along there and everyone's cheering and it's great other things to look out for there is one switchback yes so you run through chinatown and you get to the bottom there's like a right and then a left and then it's almost like you're running in if it's if it's a warm day it's really exposed it's like you're running on this highway piece and and you're running that felt long that bit that was probably the one bit in the course where i felt yeah it. and you get to the end of that sort of mile 22 and then you turn right and for the first time you can see the runners in the switchback yeah and i've got to say meg that bit i found the hardest because i was already tired it was hot I mean, I was struggling with the heat. I had no idea how you managed to get to that point because you had a piece of glass stuck in your foot. Which we managed to get so far in the podcast without mentioning. <laughs> yeah, and I've got to mention it, right? So, so two things, you know, that Meg showed incredible resilience on the, uh, well, three things actually. 
One, she had to put up with me for 26 miles. I was going to say that was what you had to put up with me. <laughs> you went on that. <laughs> Number one, you had to put up with me for 26 miles. Two, you had a piece of glass stuck in your foot, yeah. which you, you didn't have time to sort out before you did the race. Hence, I had the honor of running with you because you weren't running your normal race strategy. Ladies and gentlemen, it took a piece of glass in Meg's foot (laughs) so that I could actually have the honor of running with her for all 26 miles. And the other thing that was just (laughs) sticks in the memory was you had a massive chafing issue with your with your sports bra, wasn't it? And it looked like a bloodbath, ladies. (laughs) You bled into your into your charity vest. I mean, my 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 where it says young lives versus cancer on my vest was white. Yours was like bright, it was scarlet red. Yeah. So if there's a skill that Yimmy Yimmy has many skills, but a particular unique talent he has is he knows where a camera is. And he got us take and it's all for a noble reason. So let I want to lead with that. Like we run for charity. And he gets some blinding photos for the charity. Um, he knows where the cameras are. He makes sure the vest is on show because that's what it's all about for us. And that actually does loads for the charity because they can use that to persuade other runners. It gets the name out there. So I, it's not in vanity. Like Yimmy's a absolute pro of knowing where the cameras are to help the charity out. So our like near the start, our finish, like our starting photos are amazing. But as the race gets further along. My top is like a bloodbath. I use Vaseline and everything. So like ladies and gents, like make sure you Vaseline up. It's no joke. The, it, we, it was like a heat wave that day. I think we're quite yeah. fortunate in that the Chicago race is a lot of tall buildings and you're running across yeah. the river. So for a, there were parts of it where it's a little bit windy and you don't realize. But certainly when you get to that switchback, it's really hot. Yeah. Yeah. The front of my vest was a bloodbath. So I was, had to, like, I couldn't use a lot of my photos. <laughs> We had some great photos from 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 Chicago, and yeah. it was that mile end of mile twenty two when you turn right and you run down towards the switchback. The switchback comes at the end of mile twenty three, and I spent the whole mile looking for it. So don't see it on the other side and expect that actually it's only a short distance before you actually see where the switchback is. It's, it's another mile yeah. before you then do the switchback, and you do is like a wide loop, and you come back. And then you turn left on sort of like Indiana Avenue. And there's this little shift, shuffle left and right to get onto Michigan Avenue at the end of mile 24. And then it is just a straight shot to Grant Park. And what can I say? It's a big, wide American Avenue, Michigan Ave. The crowd there, I just remember it. If it was closer, if it was a, a narrower road, the atmosphere louder. was even being louder. Yeah, you lost a bit of that noise, but the crowd were doing their best. And I remember at one point we were all running on the right-hand side of the course for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the road was like really, really wide. <laughs> I can't remember why. I, yeah. And and the crowd were all screaming. And do you remember I ran all the way over to high-five the crowd all the way down Michigan Avenue because I thought these people are all stood here cheering. And all the runners are, are, you know, they're on the other side of the course. Yeah, so, no, it was, so, and it was a great moment. I love watching that as well. Got got some kids, some high fives. It was, yeah, good on Yeah, them. I mean, the atmosphere in that last two miles, it's just incredible. And then, you know, of course, you get to where, you know, Grand Park, there's a right turn 
And then you go over this little bridge and then you do a left turn. And th- we had a funny moment there, didn't we, Meg? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you want to explain that? <laughs> it, it was, I'd, I'd had it by by that point. I mean, I was like pushing it. And I bear in mind, it was my PB at the and time. And he had my company for a long time, many miles he had to put up with me. So you can imagine, ladies and gentlemen, that he was at his tether at this I, point. I, there, was, there was less than 300 yards left to go. We got to that little And bridge. there is a cheap... Well, I think that's the biggest hill, right? Is right near the end. It's still not huge, ladies and gentlemen. No, so don't it's, worry. It's, but there's a cheeky little hill right at the end. It's a cheeky little thing. And we, we ran up the, the thing and I, and I got a stitch and I thought, I'm getting cramped and I just need to just take a moment here for a second and I turned around to Meg and I could see Meg had been struggling with this glass in her foot and her bleeding all over her top. I looked like um, I'd been stabbed. It was like a pity party. I'm really sorry, Meg. And I was like, don't wait for me. Just leave me. Just leave me. It generally was. He was like, go, get to the end. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? You're going to sit down. Like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> you, you, you turned around and said, mate. I run 26 miles with you. I'm not leaving you now. Yeah, I was like insulted. I was like, do you realize how big this event is and the amount of times that I almost lost you? And I've like, I was exhausted just from keeping eyes on this man to make sure we didn't lose each other. And then right at the finish line, he was like, go on without me. Leave me. Leave me on this hill. But when you turn that corner into the final straight, you get into Grand Park, have your best smile on, right? So maybe yeah. I always say to people, when you cross that that gantry that says 385 yards to go in just before you get to Buckingham Palace, wipe the sweat, the snot, your tears off your face, right? And seriously, there are cameras on both sides all the way down. And our finish line photos were absolutely epic. Um that was that was honestly one of my favorite finish lines of all time. Yimmy absolutely bear in mind Yimmy had the six major challenge. He mentioned that a bit in the Berlin episode. Go check that out if you haven't. But he'd run a few marathons already at this point, and the man PB'd in this race and to get to actually like witness that and be watch him I like went across the line and turned around and to watch you cross that finish line is honestly one of my favorite running highlights ever I was so privileged to be in that moment with you oh thank you I'd run Berlin then I'd run London and this was my third weekend consecutive weekend of running marathons in a row with travel and we we ran up the, the finish line together. You were slightly ahead of me. There's this great photo of you running. And there's me looking like I'm just chasing behind you. <laughs> and there's an even more epic photo of me crossing the finish line with my hands up in the air. And you're there ready to give me an almighty hug on the finish line in our Young Lives versus Cancer Vests. And that was like... You know, a real sort of teammate moment. Yeah. I remember crossing the line and and I couldn't quite believe that I'd run three marathons on three consecutive weekends. And it was the first time I actually felt overcome with emotion. Mm. And I was literally, you know, lip was going, eyes were watering. And I was like, it's like, I've, I've really done this. You know, I cried at other marathons for different reasons. We'll talk about New York next time round. But that was a real emotional moment. And I thought, you know, I've done it with you uh, and we've run the whole way together. 
and and it was like an absolutely epic feeling. But the course itself, loads of variety. In summary, tons of variety, good crowd. There were one or two pockets where it was quieter, but actually, you know, when you get into the neighbourhoods, they do scream and shout for you. Good entertainment on the course. Managed crossings well of of pedestrians. I didn't remember that being an issue. No, there was there was one point where I think there were some people who were crossing. But not it wasn't as bad. It, there's crowd barriers for quite a lot of the course, but there are some points where it's just like a, a tape. Yeah. And people did wander onto the course, but it wasn't too it wasn't too bad at all. Not compared not compared to the others, yeah. And other some of the others, yeah. And the signs were just so funny. Yeah. They Chicago do also get top points for banter on their signs. They were great. Yeah. The, the signs were so funny. And so, so I won't spoil it for you. Just read the signs and and they will make you smile. Yeah. And, and and other races have them too. I think I think probably Chicago and New York are probably best for signs. Yeah. London's getting better. Yeah. They've copied some of the signage that I've <laughs> that I've seen this year, this time around. Yeah. But but Chicago was the first time I experienced that and I thought that was 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 mega. Um Yeah. And Considering I ran a marathon with a glass piece of glass in my foot, also I just want to prefer I, as a coach, I do not encourage that, advise that it's not a good idea. I did go to the doctors beforehand, and it was something that, like, unless I had minor surgery, like, and it was a day before, it wasn't coming out. So my plan was just to take it nice and easy, and I wouldn't change a thing. I had the best race with Yimmy, and the fact that despite having a piece of glass in my foot that felt like stepping on a bee for 26.2 miles, like, I don't even remember now that because the race was just such an amazing race. I had outstanding company in Yimmy. The crowd really get behind you, and like I said, like, they... They really, really look after you. Out of all of them, out of that flat, fast and friendly, I say friendly stands out yeah. big time. Yeah. On the course, at the expo, and, you know, just generally the people in Chicago are just so welcoming. And, you know, I'd go back in a heartbeat. And in fact, I think it's only a couple of weeks away from the date of us recording this when the Chicago Marathon ballot opens. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll be I'll be definitely putting in for that one. And I and I know from anecdotally, it's the easiest one to get a ballot place from an odds perspective. I've heard that anecdotally it's 50-50. Wow. I thought it was Berlin. So you learned something. No. Yeah. Chicago by far is the easiest. Berlin, just over 10% chance. London, it's more like one and a half percent chance now. Believe it. Just because of the number of, I mean, yeah. they've increased the field size in London, but it's still really, really tough. There's over half a million people applied. But Chicago, don't underestimate it. It's just one of those really, if you've not done a a, a big overseas race, again, I said Berlin's very accessible on our last podcast. Yeah. But I think that um, Chicago is just so welcoming and so well laid out that, you know, it will give you that real big day race day experience with that really, you'll feel really supported throughout. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of the finish line, they keep the friendliness at the finish line as well. They keep the efficiency at the finish line. 
So you get a bag of goodies that had, a, like, again, super generous. I had a Gatorade. I had a whole muscle milk protein drink. I had bananas. Yeah. Again, the Americans love their medals, really good medals. I remember the staff being so chuffed for Yimmy because he finished. He was emotional. He was elated. They, like, had the biggest grins on his face, got around him. And then they have it, they call it the 27th mile. Don't worry, there's not an extra mile that you weren't prepared for. It's basically essentially when you cross that finish line and you're walking out of Grant Park, it's like another party. So from 9.30am when the spectators can go in it at the end um, till 4pm, they've got a lot of like hype and a party point there. Yeah. And yeah, Grant Park, it's a massive park. That's the place for meeting points, really. And I believe they might do the same lettering system. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they they must do year on year. All I remember was you walk out of the main sort of baggage to the backdrop area, and then there's another area to the park, which is all open. There was like a sea of runners doing their post-race stretches. I was quite impressed. (laughs) You know, I'm a big advocate of of stretching after you've raced and i remember this this part of the park was is divided in two by back-to-back portaloos going all the way down so there was plenty of facilities there um and people in the park were just chilling out and then you you were absolutely right you know there's just such a great atmosphere in that 27th mile the other thing I would say, suggest you do, I mean, I stayed in an area called the Magnificent Mile, which is just north of the river. It, like I said, it's not a big place. You've got the down, main downtown area and the loop. And then, you, then you've then you got the, the main bridge and you, you get to the Chicago Tribune building and it just goes straight up and it's called the Magnificent Mile. And up a, about a mile away from the start-finish line area is the Nike store. Mm-hmm. Now, my top tip is download the Nike app and pre-register. If you don't do it, you can do it on the day two. But if you walk, I mean, I had to walk that way anyway because my hotel was literally behind the Nike store. You walk there, it's an it's a it's a mile long walk, and it's a nice walk because you're just walking off those that you know the, those tired legs and just keeping things moving. You go to the Nike store next door. They have this place where it's almost like a recovery center, and it was brilliant. You go in there, you register, um, you get your medal engraved. They take your medal away from you, thinking, oh, "Here's my medal," but they they write your number on it. And then while you wait for the medal, they give you a free smoothie. They had the Normatec recovery boots. They had massage guns. So you just sit in this chilled out area. And, and then 20 minutes late, I waited 15 minutes for, for the Normatec boots. And I literally then sat in them for 15 minutes. And then I floated back to my hotel with my medal engraved. I remember I met up with you for the post-race like party afterwards. And I was like, oh, like, did you have, like, did you chill out? And they told me what you'd been up to. I was like, it sounds like you've been to a spa, mate. Like, you know how to do the race uh, post race better than I did. He had a grand old time. You know what? The me- the medal engraving is cool though, and I think Under Armour, which is right across the road from there, they did medal engraving yeah, as well. Year. But yeah, but definitely go and get your medal engraved. Whatever time you do, uh, download that Nike app, and then you know we had the pleasure of going to the to the sports tours party yeah. the sports tours international hosted day and after party at, at the hard rock cafe yeah. which was just amazing but i know there are other events that are going on around the city related to the marathon as well and again book 
book those ones too. So uh, night before night of the race, uh, definitely pre-book because as I say, it's not actually a huge city. Yeah. Um, especially when people are flocked together in the same areas um, before and after the race. And then in terms of sightseeing for Chicago, I kept getting in trouble because I kept telling people to go and flick the bean, <laughs> which you shouldn't really say. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got the big bean, uh, moving swiftly on, uh, you've got the big bean um, statue, the, the, what would you call it? Like the mirror bean? Like that's... Yeah, yeah. I actually, I had a great time. The day after the race, I ran to the Bean and I spent about 20 minutes there just taking photos of families because I always find the mums are never in the photos, right? They've probably planned the whole holiday a lot of the time, brought them there and the mums are never in the photos. So I just stood there taking pictures for people and I like, if you ever want to feel good, go to a tourist spot and offer to take photos and people just love it. They really appreciate it. So definitely see the bean either before yeah. or after. Yeah. Uh, we always suggest looking for a like a bus tour either the day before or the day after. It's a great way to rest the legs. But in Chicago, they have the epic boats that go down the rivers. And I'd really yeah. recommend that. We got some amazing Medal Monday pictures. Yeah. See a lot of the city and great way to rest the legs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would say... Just outside where the Chicago Tribune building is, there's a nice bridge photo opportunity there. The bean, which you've already mentioned, is a wicked. <laughs> Look it or not to pick it, it's up to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you and your bean had fun, Meg, and I wasn't there to witness that. Um, uh, and, then, and, then, and then the other one, which is absolute genius, was you can pay to go to the 360 observation deck yes. at 875 Michigan Avenue. But you had an even better idea, yes. which I thought was absolute genius. I don't know if you want to share that. Well, so you can either pay to go to the top area or just below there is a bar. And everyone loves a bar. So we went up there. Um, wasn't very long to queue. And you have the same almost 360 view like glass of the whole city it's also less crowded because you've not got everyone up against the windows because a lot of people are there drinking so you can sit chat have a leisurely drink and then just wander off to a window and uh, take some pictures and we like avoided massive queues it was it was so easy and got to yes spend our money on a drink instead that's it 875 north michigan avenue uh the signature bar is on the 95th floor all you have to do is buy a drink. Yeah. Uh, and we sat at the bar. Such a hard. I mean, I think we bought two two Pepsis, didn't we? Um, yeah, we're um, we're not big drinkers. So if you're non-alcoholic, it's fine for you as well. Oh, and also I feel like they did like a really nice like fruity mocktail. Did I make They did that a up? strawberry daiquiri thing, That's didn't what they? we had. Yeah, non-alcoholic. Yeah. That, that was yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can walk around the bar and get exactly the same views. So so definitely do that. But yeah, plenty of places to go and do your your medal Monday photos with some great scenery behind you. So yeah, absolutely. So there we go. That is Chicago Marathon in a nutshell. We hope that has been helpful for you. Some funny little stories from us. Make sure you put the Vaseline on if you want some good post-race photos and not look like you're in a bloodbath. Don't run with glass in your foot. Basically, just copy what Yimmy's done. (laughs) 
because his brains are the operation there. Um, and again, like, absolutely smashed it three marathons in a row and to get a PB. And it was such a, like, just thank you again for the weekend, Yimmy. Like, oh, just best person to walk around with, best person to run with. Like, so thank generous, you. both with your time and energy and just everything. And um, yeah, it's memory for life. Absolutely love doing it with you, mate. And then to get to talk about it together today has been awesome. And we got to do it all again in New York City. We did, which New York is going to be some episode. Let us tell you that. We feel like that. I think that's going to be controversial for people because I think we have big differing opinions to a lot of people about New York. And I love New York as a city. But yeah, so stay tuned. Go listen to Berlin and London if you haven't listened to those. Um, I hope this has been valuable. Like we said, we hope it just gives you some advice. It either gets you excited about the race, whether you're doing it this year or in the future. Hopefully saves you some time with some tips, some money in your pocket if you are going to do some sightseeing as well. Give me some tips there. And yeah, New York will be coming up soon. And then closer to the time, uh, we're going to be trusting Yumi's incredible expertise and experiences from Tokyo and Boston as well. So I've yet to do those two, but I'm very excited to hear what Yumi's got to say about them. Anything to finish on, Yumi? No, not at all. I think wish people every bit of luck for, for Chicago. Uh, just just go and enjoy it. Um, time. It's, it's, it's an easy place to navigate. There's lots of things to go and do. The people there are just so friendly and welcoming and and, and you're going to have a great time. And what I'll say is, well, like usually, like I feel for people, it's like London as well. Like everyone, their mother, their dog and their brother come for the marathon right to their city. And if you live there, it's quite like, it's only one weekend a year, but it's quite a lot, right? And like you're working and there's tons of people. So you can usually tell there's a little bit of resentment there didn't experience that at all in Chicago. Everyone was so happy to have you there post-race. They were so grateful for the business. They were chatting to you. I had so many people like shouting across the road, like, well done on uh, Medal Monday. So yeah, just have the best time. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Your race, your pace, like Yimmy likes to say. Um, and just, yeah, fully, fully embrace it. And the race will be your own. Whether you want to go for a PB, that is the race to do it. Go for it. Yeah. And if you don't, you're still going to have just an incredible race. Yeah. PB on, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. I wasn't expecting it thinking this is my third race in three weekends. And I was delighted to cross with a, with a new PB, taking a good five minutes off my, off my last time. So it is doable and you'll love it. Perfect. So in the show notes, I'm going to leave contact details for both myself and Yimmy. Yimmy's got an incredible support group for the London Marathon. I know they talk a lot about different marathons in there as well, because you'll find a lot of the major people in there. So definitely use that resource that will be in the show notes and also Yimmy's uh, social media details to follow all the awesome stuff that he's doing. So stay tuned for that. You'll have my details there as well. I am a fitness and wellness coach. If you want help with your running, if you've got a marathon in mind or maybe your first ever marathon i love that i help people move think and feel better and if you just got any questions if you want us to elaborate on some of the stuff although we've gone into quite a lot of detail but yeah if you've got any questions always send us a message and just also let us know if the episode was valuable if you can send a comment like follow it, it helps other people know about it too and it will make our day genuinely we'd love to hear from you so big love to everyone. Thank you so much, Yumi, for your time and energy as always. And we will see you soon. 
for the big apple. See you soon. Speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Meg Method podcast. If you want to learn more about my coaching and access some free coaching resources, please visit my website, themegmethod.com or send me a message at The Meg Method on Instagram. I would love to learn to know you. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, I would be so grateful if you could please share the love forward. You can show your support in three simple ways. You could please subscribe by clicking the follow button on your favorite podcast platform or YouTube. You could send details of my coaching to a loved one, or you could share this episode with others by tagging me in your social media stories at The Meg Method. Just see the show notes for more details. And if you're feeling extra kind, it would make my day if you could please leave a review. Thank you to my legendary podcast team, Brooklyn Fraser and Alicia Navarro. Your hard work and expertise is always appreciated. Thank you again for listening. Have an excellent day. Try your best. Be kind. Big love.